0: Interesting. I have something weird happening with my sound.
1: Oh, no. <laughs> I oh. don't
0: know what just happened there. Oh, goodness.
1: It, it came up for me. I heard it.
0: <laughs> What's did, up? Did you guys hear the massive echo delay? Mm-mm. Uh-uh, no. Oh, my. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, are you, are you hearing stuff? A lot of stuff? Oh, it's bad. It's really <laughs> oh. bad.
0: Okay, I'm gonna wow i'm gonna jump out and try to jump back in okay we'll hold down the fort
1: so spencer. i wonder <laughs> are, we li- are we live right now yeah he's live we're live <laughs> oh we are live yep hello everybody uh welcome to fantasy for the ages i'm not jim <laughs> uh we are Gabe. I'm and not spencer. Zach. yes exactly <laughs> uh we're spencer and gabe from the uh what's our podcast called <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome that's
0: so i take it you guys thing. were just introducing yourself thank you yes. very much <laughs> a little <Yeah>. bit <laughs> i just did something incredibly stupid and when we do something live stream this can happen i had <laughs> the youtube open in a separate window oh. Oh, and so ooh. I was hearing it through that as well, which is always a few seconds delayed. Yeah. I, I totally forgot that was open. Wow. Okay. Hey, Easy fix, though. <laughs> Life is yeah, good all works. the time now. Yeah. Uh, okay. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to the show that you are already being introduced to. This is Fantasy for the Ages, where we don't always know what the bloomin' heck we're doing a- apparently i'm jim and my son zach is the one who does this show with us and sometimes we have guests and sometimes zach doesn't show up now Mm -hmm. zach was not scheduled to be here today so this is not a what where is Zach? Mm -hmm. he's not here and he hasn't actually read these books yet so he's not allowed to be here for this episode but The two gentlemen on the screen with me have read these books just recently. And so I am thrilled to welcome to the screen, the stage, whatever you want to call them, Spencer and Gabe from the Fantasy Files. Guys, say hello and introduce yourselves and say whatever you want.
1: Hey. Yeah, he remembers the name of our podcast. (laughs) Yeah, we're Spencer and Gabe from the Fantasy Files podcast. Basically, we do the same kind of thing that Jim here does. Uh, We talk about books, we interview authors, we talk about topics. We just put up an episode or a video where we ranked our favorite fantasy series that we've read so far. So if you like that kind of stuff, you can find us on YouTube, Fantasy Files Podcast. Or you can find us over on Twitter, at Files Fantasy. And we also have, like, a Discord and Patreon and stuff. But you don't need to know about that right now.
0: All the usual stuff. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. definitely. I will link how to find their content down in the show notes. So if you want more of these wonderful individuals, they do do content similar to ours, but in their own special, unique ways. So check them out, Mm -hmm. for sure. Uh, I follow them. They follow me. I think they follow me. I shouldn't make them swear a blood Mm -hmm. oath on that. But... (laughs) They are worth watching, so check them out. What else should we talk about before we get into content? Well, we always ask ourselves what we're drinking, because uh-huh. podcasting with beverages is always better. Ooh. I brought a classic uh, Dirty Vodka Martini today. Nice. I've, I've had one of these on multiple episodes, proving I'm always stocked for this particular cocktail. Nice. Gabe, what are you drinking today?
2: Oh, so I'm I'm probably going to get some shit for this, but <laughs> I am drinking white Zinfandel. Oh, okay. Oh, wine. You know, there was Everybody, time... like, whenever I tell somebody, like, oh, that girl's drink that, you know. It's there a, was a time like,
0: I thought that in? was good wine. That was, like, yeah, my favorite. I like it a lot. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Is, it, is it out of a box or a bottle? Yes, box. It is the box. Yeah, you went all in. Well done. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> it lasts a long time. It does. That's right. And, Spencer, you can put that one in the fridge. Yes
1: right so yeah as far as (laughs) what i'm drinking this is the one that you told me to take out of the fridge it's the four vines zinfandel and i like it so far this is the i i just opened it so this is like my first
0: you're getting the real flavor the way the the wine crafter the vintner designed it to be nice yeah
1: Yeah, I I like this a lot so far. It's good.
0: Now you can get real, you know, wine snooty with us and tell us what notes are coming through. There you go. Yeah, because I know.
1: but good good Good. yeah what you and i were uh we were drinking at my place and we poured a couple glasses of wine and you were like smelling it and stuff i'm like oh i've never really thought to smell it like i do that with whiskey (laughs) but i never thought to like like, i don't i wouldn't know enough to to be like "Mm, what does it smell like but i was like oh jim knows and you had me pull all my bottles out of the fridge and (laughs) it was a good time
0: (laughs) i did my good deed for the day that day yeah absolutely
1: (laughs) taught me about aerators
0: Yeah, that was a fun episode. You know, this right now is streaming live on YouTube. And if anybody happens to stumble across it, great. But then I'll be pulling this down and reserving it until the official drop day. So most people won't see this until I've posted it official, which will mean it comes out after the episode you and I just did, Spencer. Uh, I was editing that earlier today. We had a lot of fun going through all kinds of books. So go back and look, everybody, at episode 199. And uh, you can see what kind of shenanigans Spencer and I got up to talking Mm -hmm. about a lot of good books.
1: During that episode, I, I learned that Jim hates love in books, any sort of romance, because he has a Pretty cold, much. dead heart. That's what Zach is sure of it, as well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, for some reason, <laughs> I've noticed this all across BookTube, for some reason, it's all the married people that do not like romance in their fantasy books. I don't know why. <laughs> 10 out of 10, or at least oh, like 8 or 9 funny. out of 10.
0: that is very funny
1: it's all us single guys that that like the romantic (laughs) subplots
0: (laughs) oh okay all right well we know what we're drinking i hope you guys are having great days so far and we're gonna Mm -hmm. make it a little greater Mm -hmm. now as we talk about some good literature because we are here today to talk about Wayward Pines, the Wayward Pines trilogy by Blake Crouch. These books came out in 2012, 2013, and 2014. Boom, 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 one in a row. And then in 2015, there was a TV adaptation featured on the screen behind Gabe there. That's a shot, Mm -hmm. screenshot from Mm -hmm. the show. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I've only watched part of the show. Have you guys both watched the show? I have not seen the show.
1: I've seen like the first episode a long time ago when it first came out.
0: Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to finishing the show, but there's a lot of good TV on, and then I don't have yeah. enough time to watch all the good TV because of all the good books. These are great problems to yeah. have, actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll mostly be talking about the books here because we haven't watched all of the show at all yet. Uh, so if you have watched the show and you're hoping for great content on that here, you are found the wrong episode. However, if you have not read the books, this is a full spoiler episode, so if you don't like to know what you're going to get into, and this is a series you should not know what you're getting into before you read it, Mm -hmm. go away. Okay, go away if you haven't watched this, because we're going to spoil the heck out of these, and that would be a crying shame. Mm -hmm. So uh, first question I have for all of us kind of kick around is, how did you first hear about this trilogy and decide to read it? And I want Spencer to answer first
1: okay I think that i I think that my first introduction to it was the show because I remember seeing that when I was a teenager and then you know as we started the podcast and and kind of started looking at books outside of fantasy we were getting really into like Dean Koons and the occasional Stephen King I kind of remembered there was some like dead part of my brain back there that reminded me (laughs) that this book series was a thing. I was Mm -hmm. like, oh yeah, I should check that out. And so I I bought it on Audible and it just kind of sat there forever. I bought all of the books at a used bookstore. Nice. And they kind of sat on my shelf for a long time. And then Mike from Mike's Book Reviews, He started doing a Blake Crouch series where he was going through pretty much all of Blake Crouch's books, or at least all his really popular ones. And he Mm -hmm. started with the Wayward Pines series. And there's a lot of books and series that Mike and I don't disagree on that he doesn't like, I really like, but anytime he really, really likes something, he's never led me astray. So okay. he started doing that series and he was talking about pines and I'm like, I've had that on my shelf forever. I've had it in my audible forever. I need to finally get on this. And I read the first one in, I think. Less than four days, maybe like three or four days. And I could not put it down. I read it physically and I was up all night, like literally until like three in the morning, some nights just reading and reading because it was such a page turner. But yeah. And then, and then, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. And then
0: you were shouting out to the world, this is so good.
1: you do read it. We'll come back to
2: that in <laughs> yeah. a moment. Gabe, how about right. you? How did you
0: find this series?
2: Through Spencer, uh-huh. as I do with most of the books. I remember he was reading it and he would text me. He's like, dude, this is, this, year, this book's crazy. It was the first one. It's just nuts. I'm like, okay, okay. And then finally, when he said that we were going to do it, I was like, all right, now I can give it my good, honest try right now. There you go.
0: Yeah. I, I, I found it the of- same
2: way you know spencer's just
0: loving this book and he's saying you gotta you gotta read this this stuff is good and and so far he hasn't led me wrong either you know Mm -hmm. when he strongly recommended something i've put it on the tbr and this one when i just looked into it a little bit it kind of was interesting more than some things you know there's some unique qualities to it so i put it high on the tbr and uh Got to it and plowed through book one and right into book two because that was excellent and and then you know right into book three and, and the whole ride nice. was fantastic yeah. and then I'm like Spencer you were right these books were great and he's like oh I've only read book one I'm like what oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, because I was yeah. instantly like we should get together and talk about this and yeah he he wasn't mm-hmm. ready so it was funny, yeah. <laughs> it was funny. Um, but thankfully. Blake Crouch didn't lead us wrong. You know, the the whole trilogy right. is a wonderful overall story and we'll talk a lot more yeah. about that as we go here but you know just a side tangent there's so many good books that we never even hear of. You know, these mm-hmm. have been out for, you know, well the first one came out 10 years ago and yet yeah. I hadn't even heard of them until Spencer mentioned it. Yeah. You know, so we yeah. do definitely rely on the help of friends. You know, yes. to tell us, even mm-hmm. if they're virtual internet friends, you know, yep. to tell mm-hmm. us what are they finding because one person cannot find all the good books themselves. True that. <laughs>
1: yeah. Have you dove into his other books like Recursion and Dark Matter or are those? Not the yet. List? They're
0: on the Ooh. TBR because
2: yeah. of you. Please tell
0: yep. me you've read okay. them already. Yes. You yep. did you read oh, those? Yeah. Okay.
2: Okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 They're they're super good. Good. Yeah. yeah they're
1: coming up. Re- Recursion, especially. I think. I think. Recursion is legitimately one of the best standalone books I've ever okay. read. Like it's well, I'm, it's incredible. I've
0: scheduled to read both of those books back to back. Nice. That's kind of stuck That's them a in good air. idea. That's what okay. I did.
1: You should. Good. Yeah. Dark Matter first, I would say.
0: I I have them in the order I think you okay. had told me, so nice. as long as you didn't lead me wrong again, you know, we're good. <laughs> uh, so, I you know, I'm hearing collectively we all enjoyed the trilogy. Yeah? Yep. There's there's no thumbs down. There's no one
1: star ratings here. I mean, this this was great. No. Okay.
0: No, yeah. What genre would you place it in?
1: Psychological Ooh. thriller, sci sci-fi, sci-fi thriller. I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of hard to pin down a little bit. It is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it definitely has the science fiction, but there yep. was such a. Yeah. And you say thriller. I like that. There was definitely mystery. I mean, heavily leaned into a mystery. Yeah, you're trying to figure out what's going on and and, you know and and our lead character is secret service you know he's a kind of police investigator so it's also got that kind of crime mystery thriller element yeah and i think it leans more heavily into that at first and then you realize more and more this is straight on science fiction too yeah Mm.
1: yeah because it's like the first book would be like firmly like a psychological thriller. And then the second book would definitely be sci-fi mystery because he's trying to kind of solve this whole uh, case in, in the mm-hmm. second book with Pilcher's daughter. Mm-hmm. And then the third book is straight up like post apocalypse revival kind of
0: right now that yeah, you it's, know it's what's odd, really huh? going on.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, before we talk more about them, I thought it'd be helpful for us to just kind of give a basic summary of the books. And I'm going to throw a challenge at us here. Each of us is going to take a book and very concisely Ooh. summarize. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to do book one. I'll throw it out there. kind of gives the, the template, the model okay. of what I'm looking for. Because this should not be a 30-minute summary from each of us. <laughs> so real concisely. Right. Yeah. Here's what I'm going to try to do. I'm going to say... For book one pines it is the story of secret service agent ethan burke who comes to this small town of in idaho wayward pines at least he tries to come to this town because something goes terribly wrong the reason he was coming was because of two missing secret service agents one of whom was a previous partner who he had had an affair with but that was over that's in the past He's happily married still, he's got a kid at home, and now he's off on this assignment. Now, the fact that one of the agent's missing is his past affair love, definitely has, you know, some bearing of him wanting to know what happened. But he, basically, the story starts, he's waking up in this town, clearly looking traumatic, like he was in a car accident or something, and he doesn't know what's going on. And he came with another agent, that guy is nowhere to be found and the mm-hmm. mystery of the story is ethan discerning what happened what, what's you know what's the deal and stumbling along between visits to the hospital to the sheriff to other people in town and finding something's not right here something's clearly not right and what's not right is that he's in Wayward Pines, Idaho, just like he thinks he is. But over the course of the story, is going to discover he's not when he thinks he is. And the author does a great right. job of interspersing past things with present things without you knowing that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. Because we're, we're seeing what his wife and son are experiencing and, and stuff. His boss, you know, different different pieces of the story that happened, as it turns out, Centuries ago, now, mm-hmm. but still irrelevant to what's happening now. And over the course yeah. of the story, he does reconnect with his past love, who he had come to find, but she's like ten years older than she should be. It's part of the mystery: what's happening. And to cut to the chase, he discovers he's way in the future because he became part of a experiment, an attempt to save the human race humanity was going to become extinct and one brilliant guy came up with a plan to put a whole bunch of people in suspended animation and jump ahead centuries into the future and then come out in this one little town wayward pines and about quarter of those people signed up and about three quarters of the people were kidnapped and he's one of those Hmm. and uh most people when they start asking too many questions they end up Oh man, they end up badly. <laughs> the Purge. <laughs> what do they call it a, a fet? Isn't that what they call
1: it? A fet. Yeah, yeah a fet
0: and yeah. oh, it's it's just that that chilling idea of all the phones in town going off at the same time. Yeah. It's time to kill people. It's like, oh, wow, dark, okay? Mm -hmm. But he escapes from having something like that happen and actually escapes wayward pines, which is impossible. There's no way out. But he gets over the fence. He gets out to find the rest of the world is now unsurvivable uh, with abbeys. These aberrations Mm -hmm. that perhaps who knows what they are, you know, at this point, they're just they're scary and they're deadly and get back in town, get back in town, you know. But Mm -hmm. there is part of the town that is inside of a mountain. These are the guys who really know what's going on. They are the the men behind the curtain. And Mm -hmm. he discovers all of this. And hmm, now what? That's where we move to book two. And of course, I left out details. See, it's succinct. Sure. But that's the basic point here. Spence, I'm going to kick it to you. I got to point the right way on my screen to take us through a little bit of book two, Wayward
1: yeah so i am not sure my summary would even be as detailed as yours but basically it's gotten to the point where he is living with his wife and child again and he is now the sheriff and he has to do all of these kind of darker things that the previous sheriff had to do because the sheriff pope was firmly on pilcher's side and so he knew all of the kind of workings and he was the one who had to call the fete and he had to when people would get released from their cryogenic sleep he would have to like kind of ease them into the town if they were freaking out and so he we see Ethan do things like this one guy gets released and I'm actually not sure whatever happened to that guy. I don't know if you guys remember, but he goes to talk to him and he's like, listen, you just got to do what you you're told. You just got to do what you're told. I can't give you any more information than that. You just got to get in the swing of things and just live. That's all you can do. Mm-hmm. So we, we see him doing stuff like that throughout the book. And then he starts to kind of grow closer and closer with his wife after this long time apart. And he shows her that not only does she have a microchip, but he shows her that there are uh, cameras and microphones all over the place. And they find a couple different ways to talk really quietly with each other to kind of avoid all that stuff. Meanwhile, while all that's happening, Pilcher's daughter, we, we find out later that it's his daughter, Alyssa. Has been killed and Ethan finds the body on his way back from the mountain one night and it's got the the corpse has all these like really clean cuts with no blood and so for most of the book he's trying to figure out kind of who done it right throughout all that he kind of comes to the conclusion that it was Pam and then he starts a friendship with the security guy the guy that watches all the cameras. And he's able to find the video where Pam and Pilcher are in the morgue with his daughter and they are just cutting her to ribbons. And they're the ones who did scene. it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right. So then from there, it's the third book where he has to call the fet on someone else, right? Mm-hmm. That's not yeah. in the second book. Okay.
0: That's the third book, yeah.
1: I'm trying to re- I'm I'm trying to remember exactly where the second book ends because He ends up infiltrating Kate's little group. They have their own, like, smaller version of the mountain where he goes back there, and they have like. Actually, uh, no. It
0: is the second book, isn't it? It's near the end of the second book. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think think the end end of the
2: second book is when like they open the gates.
0: Yeah, because the third book is the aftermath of that decision. Yeah, Yeah. right. Yeah,
1: right, right. Okay. Yeah, so he's kind of hanging out in Kate's little sanctuary that she had. There's like a tunnel they go through and all these different things that they have to go through to get there. And then he has this just mastermind idea. And I was so surprised. Like I knew there had to be some sort of twist coming, but for a while I was like, Oh man, like he's just going to, you know, rack this up as the cost of doing business. See, we're going to talk about shocks
0: and surprises. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, so yeah, he he calls the FET, and at the end of it, he kind of turns it around, and he's like, he he doesn't kill uh Kate and Harold, I think his name Harold. Yeah. Yep, yep, yeah. And he ends up being like, look, this is what's out there, and he pulls an Abbey out of his car. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, it shows everybody like, this is what's out there. This is what's happening to us. Tells everybody everything, and then Pilcher basically calls him and says welcome now and opens the gate to wayward pines and there that's go. where we uh that's where we go into the third book
0: yeah now you said you know you probably won't even go as deep as i did and then you pretty much did because once you start talking about these books, yeah once i started talking i was like okay i remember it's hard right and and as you're yeah. talking about things you're reminding me of so many elements of the first book i didn't say anything about you know what i'm like <laughs> if you are watching this show people we're assuming you read the books so we're not trying to right. give you everything. You know it. We're just refreshing. So great right. stuff. Book one, book two. Now, Gabe, take us to book three, The Last Town.
2: Book three. I think something you said earlier, the aftermath is a great, great descriptor for, for this book. When, uh, I don't know if this is end of second or part of the beginning of third, but is the phone call with P- Pitchner? Pitchner? whatever his name is Is at the end of the second yeah that's Um,
1: that's at the end of the second book okay
2: right it's like they're yours
0: now is basically what he tells them over the phone for sure which is
2: pretty wild and so i mean basically it's just action ensues they start flooding in he's trying to corral people and and get them to where they need to go trying to escape get weapons this and that um yeah see they're dying, have, everywhere. Yeah, dying everywhere um and they finally get to and i'm probably going to skip some stuff i'm really bad at these jim super bad at though you're doing but, fine <laughs> keep going but they make it to this kind of underground bunker or was part of i think actually kate kate took them there yeah that um, was kate's it was yep, kate's
1: place from the second the group
2: book. okay cool yeah um and so they make it in there and all seems fine but it's not it's and not. i can't remember wh- what exactly he, ethan has to leave see, he- again
1: Yep, He has to leave to go find more people, I think.
2: Yeah, there were certain people. Yeah, to find Kate's husband. Get brought and so in, so he's going to go took... try to help. Okay, perfect. Um, yeah.
1: And then, they're all... Her...
2: Their name's Kim or something? The, the girl that had the car, she's like, my keys are in my top drawer. I oh, know. was it Maggie? And then, which Maggie. car? Yeah, yeah, which car? Yeah, yeah that was really <laughs> stressful. Yeah, that scene. yeah
0: that so, so good. Stressful. Yep.
1: But yeah, then the Abbeys break down the door. Or they're trying the, to break down uh, yeah, the door man, to, the, to the hideout. And you mentioned
0: yep. they're the underground hideout, but it's it's not really underground. It's way up the mountainside. Oh, yeah. Which that's makes right. it and really so hard they, to get to. They had to
2: take a weird
0: It's inside thing the like, mountain, yeah. so you got the stone. But yeah, the danger of trying to get up to it. and so they're climbing. Even or, yeah, with yeah, Abby's they chasing over, them they then. Them, like, it's like
2: clawing oh, crap. up the side. Crazy. Very
0: tense book. Yeah. yeah for sure. I was on edge. The ending is what's important to tell us how it ends, Gabe. What happens?
2: Well so I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to remember exactly what happens at the end and I might need some help cuz I'm blurring.
0: We're here for you. You know, when they get to the end there, they've figured out the final mystery. You know, there there's a lot of mysteries in book 1. And then there's some mysteries revealed in book 2, mostly the crime, you know, who, mm-hmm. who killed her and stuff. Yep. But in book 3, we get that ultimate mystery of this is not sustainable. There's not enough food. We're all going to yeah. die. Cliffhanger. Yep. And with the Abbeys out there, it's not like we can just move somewhere else. So okay. then they have to decide at the end, what are we going to do about it? And they have really two choices until Ethan pulls a third one out of his butt. Okay, the two choices are let's just make the best of the days we have until we run out of food. Yeah. Which is a viable option. There's nothing else. This is the last town. Or option two, let's get all the the, the weapons, the ammunition, and let's just strike out just like was it haskell david haskell is that the name hasler the...
1: hasler hasler yeah. thank you just...
0: like hasler he'd yeah. been out there he's seen the world he came back after over a year you know he's like that's suicide but yeah maybe mm-hmm. some of us could go somewhere else and, and make a go of it these are their two yeah. options And then Ethan comes up with option number three, which is great that instead, I know Spencer, you loved this option because then you want to know what happens after.
1: Yeah. I was not expecting this. I assumed that they were going to venture out and try to go South. Like they were Mm -hmm. saying where there's more like fertile ground for planting food and stuff. And then when they're, at the the last few pages, they're going up into the mountain and they're refreezing themselves to go even further into the okay. future, hoping Jump that ahead things change. Okay.
0: Maybe it'll be better next time. <laughs>
1: yeah, and I think that the only reason he did that was because he saw. At the end, there he, he had known about the other Abbey that they had in captivity that was more mild mannered, mm-hmm. and he let her go. He he walked Margaret. into the fence and said, Yeah, Margaret, yeah. he said, Go ahead, yeah, and uh, and let her go. There's
0: real intelligence there, and yeah, and Hassler and shared that too. He saw a city, I mean, there's there's yeah. intelligence right. here, so with more time, maybe they'll become more civilized, yeah,
2: less savage, right? Yeah. Right? less yeah. us yeah
1: <laughs> right yeah Le- less killy
2: mm-hmm. less kill-y.
1: Mm-hmm. so yeah then they get into the sleep chambers I forget what exactly they're called works for and me they're uh nice. yeah they're the the cryogenic pods
0: <laughs> yeah um, oh now yeah. you're getting all sciency okay fine fine
2: <laughs> right
1: yeah <laughs> and uh yeah they they get in there and those were some really really heartfelt moments yeah and then the last couple sentences the last like little paragraph, is 70,000 years later, Ethan Burke opens his eyes.
0: And we get nothing. <laughs> we don't know. What happens? Nothing. Ooh, make your own story now. Tell your own adventure.
1: Yeah, <laughs> mm. <laughs> it's it, great. Dude, it makes me so mad that it ended that way, but also, like, that was a great ending, but also, oh, God, I just want to know what he sees when he <laughs> opens his eyes.
2: Well, do you think season two will season two of the show might shed some light on that?
0: Uh, season two of the show goes a totally different I, direction I and makes oh. a crap that gotcha, is not gotcha, relevant gotcha. to the books at all. Oh, really? I've okay. caught that already. Yeah. Gotcha. yeah. Okay. Nothing. Totally oh, okay. It totally goes
1: off the rails. Well, well, I was, I was doing some Googling last night and I looked up, will there ever be more Wayward Pines books? Because this is supposed to be it. And I'd heard him say in an interview a long time ago, that the Wayward Pines trilogy was all there was. There was never going to be any more. But yeah. the cover art that's behind you, Jim, is his new, like, kind of 10th anniversary cover art that he put out. Ooh. And with that, he said that through that whole process, it's made him really want to kind of revisit this story. Hmm. And so I'm hoping that someday, 70,000 years from now, <laughs> we get a Wayward Pines 4 and we get to see. I would struggle with civilized abbeys or
0: part of what's cool about this is that we we have the the, context of we've taken our day and we've transported it to the future. And you've got the majority of the people who who know something's wrong, but they don't know what it is. And they're forbidden from speaking about the past so they can just live in the present and they do that thing. And you can't repeat that now. Everybody knows the truth. Yeah. So now we're gonna throw right. him seventy thousand years in the future, and it's it's not the same story anyway, shape or form, and everything's changed. So you just gotta make up nothing but stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Not the same story.
1: See, i <laughs> i I, I, sl- I slightly disagree, and I I do believe that it would not be the same story in the way that like it wouldn't be like a psychological thriller with all these. I think he could do like different kinds of twists and like different than what we see in the Pine series. But like reading his Dark Matter and Recursion, those are very different stories than the kind of psychological horror thriller that we get in Pines. It's a lot more sci-fi. And so I wonder if in writing those books, it would prep him for doing something in those that is 70,000 years after the events of Wayward Pines. And it's like a really advanced society. Or When I
0: read those other books... I may have an idea like yours then. Yep. We haven't got them yeah, yet. Yeah, so I don't know. Right. Yep. 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 <laughs> All right. I, I want to spend some time just talking about some of the plot points that particularly we grabbed onto. We were like, what the heck? You know, and, and one of those for me is how Ethan Burke's wife, Teresa, son, Ben, show up. Okay. Because what we discover in book one is they've been there. The whole time. See, Ethan is here stumbling along in this psychological thriller. And it's we learn it's the third attempt that they've made, the people behind the curtains, to bring him out and try to acclimate him into Wayward Pines. And they do some stuff to screw with people's minds a little bit and try to get them to accept this weirdness. And the first two times, it did not work, and they had to put Ethan back in, and somehow they do some memory purge. So it's a reset each time. Mm-hmm. But they only try three times. So this is the third and final shot for Ethan. But all through this time, apparently, his wife and son have already come out of Deep Freeze. Now, hold on. How'd they get into suspended animation in the first place? This is where we get the sucky David Haskell. Am I saying the name right? I keep thinking it Hasler? Hassler, thank you. Hassler. David Hassler, who, over the course of the books, we discover wanted Ethan's wife.
1: Has made a deal.
0: (laughs) So he makes a deal. At first, he was just on the take to help cover for Pilcher as he's setting up Wayward Pines and kind of, you know, make sure nobody notices. He's taking over this town and and setting up his whole suspended animation plan, but then decides he wants in. And he wants ethan's wife and child take the child to to be there with him in the future so they can be together i'm like this dude sucks now he (laughs) partly justifies (laughs) it because he knows ethan had fooled around had had an affair with that other agent kate right and so he's not worthy of Teresa. so he's got his eye on her and that's how she ends up there yeah dang i did i do not like the secret service boss nope Don't like him. I think it gets off easy. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on this?
1: I don't don't think you're going to like what I have to say. I, (laughs) I think the romantic subplot of it all was so complicated in the best way. Like by the end of it, I really wasn't sure who I wanted to end up with who. Because despite the fact that Hassler had done this really, really crappy thing, and you know, sent this woman and her child to the future. Like, that's unforgivable. But that aside, you know, Ethan for a long period of time was gone, and it was just Hassler and Teresa, and they yeah. made their own sort of friendship. And she even but that was she even told. says that yes, it was, <laughs> but she even says that Hassler loved her more than Ethan ever did, mm-hmm. and Ethan. Behind the scenes is cheating on her with Kate. And even when he's in Wayward Pines, he still thinks about Kate, even when he has his wife. I'm sure they, I think they made out a couple times throughout books two and three. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's tough because like who, like Hassler is this guy who is utterly devoted to Teresa, doesn't want anybody else. But Ethan is uh what's the son's name Ben Billy Bobby Ben it, it, it's his Ben it's ben, he's Ben's dad and he's the one that's always been there despite the crappy things that he's done and so nobody is really it's it's really morally gray and that's what i love about uh some modern books it's just like super gray relationships super gray characters Uh, That being said, I don't think that Hassler should have ended up with Teresa. But what I'm saying is the situation was interesting where there's a lot of complexities. There's a lot of weird stuff going on that is kind of hard to, you know, morally stand on on one side or the other. I was kind of hoping that just to throw a wrench in the works, I was hoping that Crouch would go the route where Teresa ends up with Hassler and Ethan ends up with Kate, because then it would almost be like the people they wanted all along, you know, but it is interesting that Hassler ended up with Kate. The the thing that I don't like about that is there was never really any chemistry there. So it was kind of like, well, we need Hassler to end up with someone or we need Kate to end up with someone. So they just stuck so, those two together
0: you mentioned that you thought uh, you think you remember ethan and kate kind of making out a couple times during the series and yeah that doesn't happen no no yeah, no does. no no they, no. No, they definitely like a, kiss there's like a kiss that's not the same oh, okay. as making well, out okay we need to define <laughs> whatever, okay, our right. levels of bases here people there we go okay, <laughs> sure okay but kate is the one if you recall kate's the one that broke off the affair and she broke it oh, off right yeah when ethan was right there Ready to leave his wife and son and go with her. She wasn't married, she was the, you know, the innocent, just I'm here, I'm available. And Ethan kind of stepped into that availability. And when she saw what he was about to do to Teresa and Ben, she's like, No, this is wrong. She breaks it off. So that's why she
1: still mentions she she still mentions in books two and three that she thinks about Ethan all the time. And she's like, I'm still like attracted to him. And in
0: Wayward Pine, she has a husband. And right. we, we do get the sense they're they're actually a couple, they do yeah. actually yeah. have a marriage that's viable and they like each other and stuff, but then of right. course he dies badly, mm-hmm. darn Abby's, and then she's available again. So yeah, we get right there at the ending, pretty much the ending there, that she's saying clearly she still has a flame for Ethan and would have been great if that had worked out. And so, yeah, the fact that she and uh Hassler. Thank you. Hassler. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue <laughs> to struggle with that name. She now and I want Hassler, to say David they're, they're basically <laughs> nice. They're Hassel-Hop. basically both ready to okay. jump off a cliff. And hey, how yeah. about we just hang out together instead of both dying? That's kind of how they come together. Uh, that works yeah. for me. Yeah, yeah
2: that's
0: fair. Babe, <laughs> what are your thoughts about this whole relationship thing and all? I mean, and, how did you feel about it?
2: I It was... I got a little confused at some points. not confused in the sense like i didn't understand what was going on but like spencer said there's a lot of complexities involved in, mm-hmm. in both sides hasselhoff and ethan <laughs> um it's gonna stick now hasselhoff. i know yeah that's it that's it in my head <laughs> but i think you know i think ultimately it's what i the ending is how i wanted it i kind of wanted ethan to stay with his wife um which I think that was probably going to happen all along. But and honestly like I was I was happy for Kate, but I was like eh, go do whatever you want. I just want the yeah. I want Ethan and his wife together in the sun and happy family ever after. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So in the end he basically he does the right thing, you know. Yeah. He's going to stay with his wife. But we also get the sense he's not sacrificing in staying with his wife. He does love his wife. Yeah. He also happens to love another woman, but you know, the heart wants what the heart wants. He does what is the honorable thing. He made a commitment in marriage and he stays with it. Yeah.
1: I also thought it was interesting how Crouch does this thing where like, I like it was Teresa's decision to make too. Like she couldn't decide between Ethan and, and Hassler. And it was kind of this thing where like, it's not just up to Ethan anymore to decide between her and Kate, but it's, on his wife to be like what does she say to hassler she's like i know that you would love me unconditionally but i would rather love someone unconditionally and so she's like Mm -hmm. even if the person doesn't love me in return i would rather give than receive right and yeah. so it was kind of interesting. And I think that Ethan is at a point by the end of the trilogy where he's like, yes, he is ready to totally commit to Teresa and never look back. But it, it was kind of an interesting question there for a minute, because on one hand, she has Ethan who has shown signs of, you know, infidelity in the past. And then she's got this other guy totally devoted to her. Yep. That's what I loved about it. It was a hard decision. I, I That's what I really, really liked about it
0: i tell you ethan had a lot of nerve when she finally does share (laughs)
1: yes i know you
0: were gone and as far as i knew dead um i had this thing going on with uh hasselhoff and (laughs) it was was really awesome and (laughs) but we thought you were gone forever and (sighs) ethan gets like angry it's like dude you got nerve man yeah
1: That was... I know. You got some balls. Fix your... Crap. That that is wrong.
0: Okay. That is so wrong.
1: Uh, Do you know the word
0: hypocrite? You. Right now. You. (laughs) (laughs) Okay okay so that was one of the the, the issues i had the the biggest uh, about in the series but there's a they, lot thanks of things for indulging in here. the
1: romantic subplot for me by the way you know because somebody <laughs> says
0: i hate romance so i gotta I, lean into I... that a little bit <laughs> okay there are a lot of surprises throughout this book these this trilogy you know there's there's mysteries we're trying to figure out what's going on and then reveals and, and Blake Crouch does a nice job with those, I thought. So my question for you is, were any of these surprises, you know, truly surprises for you? Or had you kind of figured out what's going on before any of the reveals? So what say I, you?
2: So I, I do have something that I, you know, I want to say I was surprised. And it's kind of a give and take thing. Um, but oh, what's the bad guy's name? Peace up the prep. Pilcher. P- Pilcher, thank you. Um, At the end of book two, you know, I always knew the guy was crazy, right? Oh, yeah. Um, just megalomaniac, mm-hmm. crazy. But I never thought that he would actually destroy the city. I was like, when he got drunk and made that phone call and said, you know, screw you. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to burn it all to the ground. Burn all of it. Like, I was like, whoa. Because like, the whole time he was like, that's like his baby, you know? Yeah. But it just goes to show how freaking insane he is. But I was pretty surprised. I didn't think he'd do it. But he did it yeah
1: wow yeah that's a good one yeah i i think for me god so many good little twists and turns like i mentioned earlier the uh the fet that he calls in book two that was one of the things where i'm like i do not know how he's getting out of this and for a large majority of the time i thought that he was just gonna kill kate as just to keep the peace and just to do what Mm -hmm. he's got to do to survive I I was almost certain that's the way that that was going so when he turned that around that was really interesting but also the first book there there's so many little twists and little surprises it's kind of hard to pinpoint one that made me go what no way. But I think that the first book really is the most, like, twisty turny of them all. And you you get to the end there where he's made his way onto the other side of the fence, and you see an abbey for the first time. And you're like, oh my god. And you kind of have this feeling, I, I don't know if it was this way for anybody else, but for me in the first book i was going up up until we got ethan jumping over the fence i was kind of going back and forth like well could it be some sort of like alternate reality could it be like like all, the, all this all the sci-fi stuff or could it be something a lot more simple where these people are just in this town and not allowed to leave
0: is or, it like the you know, village kind of throwing
1: all these ideas around M. Night yeah, the village yeah i was going to bring that up yeah yeah and, and so i was like kind of throwing all those around but i didn't have any sort of like concrete solution to what i thought was going on so i was close but then when we get outside the fence you see the abbeys you see him go way out there he's going way up this like side of a mountain and they're climbing after him and all this stuff Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then you get pilchner coming in and didn't he come in like on a helicopter thing and scoop him up and then he tells him everything and once he does it's like Oh, okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And it it it's so cool. It wasn't like, I don't know. I it I like half expected it. I half expected them to be in like, like some sort of sci-fi scenario, but man, that was it was such a good scene and mm-hmm. even the twist of like I, I don't know if everybody else felt this way, but when he gets Ethan in the helicopter and he's taking him over the land and he's telling him about all everything that's happened over the past, like 1800 years or whatever it's been, you almost kind of feel like Pilchner is a guy where he's not like a villain for villain's sake. He has like a very solid motive. He yeah. he may not even be that bad of a guy. Like he may just be trying to make the best of like a terrible situation. And Then we get the second book and we see that he is, like, the worst terrible ever. (laughs) He's a terrible guy. But but for that first book near the end there, I was like, oh, maybe this isn't, like, as dark and twisted as Ethan thought. Like, maybe it was his, like, misrepresentation in his mind about what's going on here. This Pilsner guy is just trying to, like, save everybody. He's trying to save the human race. And he's got, like, these ideals that are a little out there, but he's got... Like a solid motive, and I can't necessarily say that he's wrong. But then you get into books two and three, and it's like, oh, yeah, he is the crappiest person on the planet. <laughs> <Ever>. <laughs> Literally. Literally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You get a sign of
0: that, though. You do in that first book sure. when when he takes him out on the flight, and how Pilcher just cuts off Pope, just leaves him behind. That was cold. That's right. Yeah. Man. What the heck? That still it was- doesn't make a lot of sense, other than he's. He'd already decided in his mind, Ethan's the new sheriff. So I don't need Pope anymore. Right. But you get so much backstory on their relationship in the second book. You know, it's like, right. how does he do that? Well, that was showing his megalomanical... Whatever, Megalomaniac, you know, side. Yeah. Thank you.
1: And, and that's what I thought was interesting about him, is that at his core, Pilcher is a scientist. And so he is cold and calculated and up until later in the books he doesn't really do anything with like emotion everything is like a calculated decision so it's almost like not like a force of nature but almost just like the decision making of like a computer and i think that thing with pope kind of was that where it's like we cannot save him like he is being attacked right now by abby's or whatever was happening at the time mm-hmm. i forget exactly yep. but he's like if we try to go get him several more of us will die in the process we have to go and so i that's what i love about well-written villains is they're, they're not necessarily these i'm gonna conquer the world but the, the best part about that is later on in the books, we find out that he does have a little bit of that in him. He does mm-hmm. want to be the God of Wayward Pines.
0: Literally, the and kids so, are being taught yeah. he's God. Yep. Yes.
1: Yes. Wow. Yes. Yes. And so I, I think that that was just a really expertly crafted villain. Where at first we get motivations and we get kind of the inner workings and in why he's doing what he's doing, but then we see some of the crazier side, and I, I like that a lot. In the
0: in his mind, he believes this is the best thing to do. This is what's necessary for this to succeed. That he needs to be God. It's like, whoa, yeah. whoa, yeah. So, book one is my favorite of the three. Mm. And it's because there's so much revealed, so much mystery and intrigue that you're slowly working your way through, and and it's just, and it's the one where I had the least ability to predict what was going on. You know, right. it's just holy crap, what is happening? And every one of these reveals, I'm like ah, oh. I mean, I remember the moment where Pam in the hospital says to him, uh, and I'm paraphrasing. Uh mm-hmm. hold still or I'm gonna jam this sucker all the way to your bone. It's like, whoa, yeah. what the heck you know yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nurse Pam, you've just shattered my opinions of you, you know, there's a <laughs> moment there is something going on here that we're not seeing yet. you know, I didn't yeah. get that from the second and third book. Second, right. some, third, not much at all. Third is more just right, like we said, the aftermath, adventure, action, danger, boom, boom, boom boom, which is great. It's a yeah. different approach for a book. So book one's my favorite. Gabe, of those three,
2: which one is your favorite and why? I'd probably say number two. And I think the reason is, is, is we start to see, you know, kind of the breakdown of this, not really society, but it, it keeps, it gets hotter and hotter to stand at Wayward Pines. More Mm -hmm. difficult for people. We start to see people challenging it with Kate's group. And whatnot like that. And so kind of just like, you know, starting from Mr. Good Cop, like i do what I'm told, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he does what he has to. And, mm-hmm. you know, for him starting to like stand up for the people and say, this is wrong. Like there's some like we're being tricked. There's some shit going on here until finally, you know, after he does the the FET and it's a final like, you know, screw you, Pilchner. We're done with your crap. uh This is what's happening, people. Take a look. This is what we've been lied to. We've been told, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that. And so I don't know. I just I think I just like the build up. Um, yeah. n- number three, in a different way, I, I'm really an action guy, so that was super cool. But a lot of action, <laughs> a lot of action in number three. But yeah, number two would probably be be my favorite.
0: Um, yeah, with three, I think the only reveal we really get is that truth of we can't survive here. The yeah, climate's too cold. We can't grow enough crops. We're gonna run out of food. That's the surprise. Right. There's not much else that's revealed there.
1: Right. Doesn't
2: um doesn't Pilchner like already have like another? Right. Yeah, another place. Because at one point they're talking about like him, like put putting the sign in for Paradise Paradise Valley or something else. Do You guys remember that? I don't remember that. Yeah, he was Did talking I miss to his, something.
1: Oh no, he was I talking don't.
2: to his security. It was just a short little thing, but he was talking about he's like, no, we mm. already had you know the signs being delivered and it's Paradise Valley, mm. and he's basically like trying to restart with the the hundred people he has left in uh, interesting in the stasis pod. So yeah, oh, I will cool. have to go back I'll and look at read that. that. Yeah. But that
0: certainly is in the back of Pilcher's mind. Oh, for sure. We can burn it all down, because I got more more. people in spaces. I can start over. Yeah, he wasn't giving up. He's just, this is ruined. I can't do anything with this now. Die, die. Yeah, exactly. Spencer, how about you? Which one was your favorite, and why?
1: i i would say probably the first one just because i had that like amazing few days with it where i'm just like so obsessed and i'm reading for hours at a time and just turning pages like a Mm -hmm. madman and so i think i will always kind of remember that experience and look back fondly on it but i will agree with gabe that the second book was a lot more interesting than i thought it would be because i think i got to the end of the first book and i was like well what can really happen now now that he knows that was kind of like the mystery of it all right and then going into the second book it it is interesting but for completely different reasons because now he knows and he can work behind the scenes in a position of authority and yeah. so it was fun to see him kind of subvert all of Pilcher's like demands and mm-hmm. all his little what's the word I'm looking for all the kind of guardrails that he put in place to direct Ethan on a certain path. He finds a way to kind of subvert those at every turn. And so I, I really, I really like that. And also kind of the whole storyline in the second book with Teresa and her slowly finding out about what's going mm-hmm. on. And you can see that he's starting to tell her things at the beginning, like he would say things like, you know, we can't talk about that. Or like, you yeah. know, we can't mm-hmm. do that here and kind of imply that there are cameras and microphones and stuff. And then they have that one night where they're laying in bed and he tells her to stay completely still and he whispers into her ear and tells her what is going on <laughs> and absolutely breaks her mind. Yeah. And then the yeah. scene where he takes takes out her chip, that was such a good scene. Oh, that was probably like, what?
0: Suffer in silence. Can't make noise.
1: Oh, I I would love to see that scene in a movie because I think that that was so not like cinematic in the way we're like big action packed, but just I could picture that scene so much where the camera is just out of sight. Like it just barely can't see them and Mm. it just barely can't hear them. And they're having to work very slowly, very carefully doing this very painful thing. Oh, it's so good. I loved it. I loved it. (laughs) I was
0: entertained. There was at least one scene where they're able to talk quietly a little bit, but their cover is really great sex.
1: Yes. Yes, yeah. that was so great. She's <laughs> yeah. screaming, "Ah!" Oh, so he's just like whispering in the fucking yeah, whisper. Uh, All yeah. the she, lengths they she go. Got <laughs> oh, yeah. she, she got him too. yeah. She got him too because, like, he was mm. like, uh, he was just like a few seconds away from a uh, climax, <laughs> and she's like, "Tell me now," and he's like, "Damn right. it! Oh, are you kidding?" <laughs> that was great.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh goodness.
1: Okay. Um
0: characters in this story, are there ones that you particularly cheered for? You know, like, come on! I want it to work for you! And which are the ones that you really loved rooting against? Or when they got their comeuppance, you're like, yeah!
1: Let's
0: talk about some of the
1: characters. Mm, that is a great... That is a good question. Great question. It's, yeah, it's there were, partly I
0: mean, great because as you said, Spence, there's a lot of gray here. There's yeah. grayness. So not many characters are all good all bad but screw pam i'm just That's saying what, that.
1: okay yes yeah. oh pam. yeah dude yes
0: oh, even we get the, the the background you know as a runaway teenager yep that culture takes along, in yeah. but she was already scum no no yeah. you could sense it there was already issues wow
1: <laughs> wait was was pam amber is that who pam is is amber the, the, the little girl, girl that he takes like in the, yeah the homeless yeah homeless girl. Yeah, yeah yeah that, that becomes
0: pam. pam completely devoted <laughs> to him <laughs> i and didn't the know class.
1: that oh Surprise. i didn't realize that because i i got to the end and i was like whatever happened to amber and i didn't realize <laughs> that, that was pam yeah, that was it oh that is so good <laughs> oh my gosh what a well-written villain like pam mm-hmm. like she wasn't the morally gray kind of pilcher very scientific and cold she She was was just just batshit crazy yeah yes and And life
0: had screwed her over and now she's ready to screw anybody else because i've got a mission i got a job to do i'm gonna do it yep
1: yep and and the scene in the first book where it's ethan versus pam in the hospital that was one of the most heart-pounding Like oh my god oh my god oh my god kind of scenes Mm -hmm. where he's like hiding from her and then she finds her and he like stabs her and runs and then she Mm -hmm. runs after him and yeah it was so it was so close at so many moments where she's like got him around the neck and he's about to like suffocate but then he stabs her with a needle and right is she's such a good just a good crazy character yes i thought i have watched
0: enough of the tv adaptation to see the actress who's playing pam there i do not like who they cast it Uh just doesn't match my image at all of
1: pam yeah i'm just gonna say that yeah okay
2: all right other characters that you cheer for or you root against oh of course pilchner you know it's that's kind of a given and I wouldn't say that I cheer for him, or at least not in the beginning. Rooted against him, I think. I think I really, really enjoyed his megalomania. If that makes any sense, <laughs> yeah. it does. Like he was just yes. a really, like very, you know, crazy, but just a very kind of like, you know, whenever, whenever it was like from his or they were talking, he was talking or talking to people about what he made, blah blah blah. In my head, I just pictured like gears that are just like just turning and like moving and stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's he's a machine. Uh, but then to see, you know, like his super like crazy ego come mm-hmm. into play yep. and freaking ruin everything. I was like, that is terrible. But what a character. <laughs> his you know? brain yeah. is always thinking bigger and ahead
0: of everybody else. Yes. Because C- one thing that the story barely talks about it, but it's right there, is when Hasselhoff makes the arrangement <laughs> okay, to get Teresa. Part of the deal is Ethan is going away. You know yeah. he's gonna be out of the picture and it's pilcher that nope decides to put him suspended yeah. animation and then to bring him out while haskell Hassler is off is on a, his yeah, grand assignment. mission across yeah. the world pilcher's the one who's manipulating this stuff yeah. from day one that was not an accident david's deal is ethan's dead mm-hmm. and instead nope I got my own plan. Oh, yeah. Pilcher. Oh, rough. Spencer, what's one for you?
1: Real quick, did we ever find out why Pilcher released Ethan from the cryogenic sleep while Hassler was still alive? Did did it ever explain that? Because like you said, the deal was to keep Ethan in sleep until Hassler and Teresa die, basically.
0: It's entirely possible that, you know, Hassler had been sent out... And was gone for over a year. No one had come back from one of those missions, so it's entirely possible Pilcher right. sent Hassler out knowing it's As a suicide a mission. Sentence. And now yeah, he's out of the sure. way. Right. Now I can bring I can Ethan back because Ethan's yeah. the one I really want, not Hassler. Right. Oh. Okay. And it was a it was a okay. wrench thrown in that Hassler actually
2: returns. Yeah, just barely yeah. too. There, he had yeah. some close calls and he oh, was man. out there. Really close call. So, yeah. dude
0: has some skills, you know. Oh yes, he was, absolutely. He was apparently not a top secret service agent because he was like
2: somebody's son or something. Yeah, no, he, he yeah. earned his
0: way through the ranks apparently. Sure. Yeah,
2: yeah. There's a scene where where yeah. he, he has to or go ahead. No, no, go ahead. There's a scene where he where he has to jump into a bush and you know they're coming for him and he's just quiet. He can't move and then it says like even though he's staying silent, he puts another notch in the back of his rifle. You no, know, another abby down yeah i could just imagine his rifle yeah. stock just check, check 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 check
1: right yeah 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 because i i think he said that he was up in the 40s right for for abby's killed he was somewhere it was like 45 yeah. or or something yeah. like that i can't remember the number something but... like that yeah i mean so speaking of characters that were you know Rooting for against, I think Hassler would probably be one of mine that I was, and you guys are gonna think less of me for this, and that's fine. <laughs> but I, I think that, I think that Hassler was kind of a character that I was rooting for, like despite everything he did in the, in, despite everything before Wayward Pines, he, you know, I wasn't necessarily rooting for him to like end up with Teresa exactly, but seeing him out on his journey and he would update like every few chapters there would be this update where he's like you know i'm i'm three hours closer to wayward pines i'm you know another four hours closer to wayward pines and you could kind of just picture it as he's getting closer and closer and he would come into contact with abby's and i felt myself kind of like Oh, I I hope he gets away just so he can get back to Wayward Pines because I want to see what happens. Yeah, <laughs> and for sure. and there there was just moments with him where you know I I did feel really bad for him and I'm not excusing his terrible behavior but I'm, as a character I'm like I want to see what happens with him I want to see him live to the end and and see what Crouch can kind of do. With his character arc, um, and so I think that was one for me that I was—I uh, think I think I was rooting for—not not all the time, but I think for the most most part, I was rooting for him.
0: Well, Gabe, you and I can talk about this later, but our opinion of Spencer <laughs> did just sink. Right here. <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely, it did. Man, wow. He has no idea. Okay, now no, tell I'm me I'm it. wrong if you guys want to tell me I'm wrong, but best character of the whole thing, as in just the inherent goodness. And moral fiber and willingness to sacrifice Teresa,
2: best yeah. character in the whole thing. Absolutely,
0: yeah. yeah. There is goodness in that yeah. person.
2: Yeah, yeah. When yeah. she, when she was, you know, they were in bed talking, and and I think they were talking about Ethan's mess around with Kate, and she was just like so forgiving, just like mm-hmm. I've, like I've mm-hmm. just oh, yeah. forgiven you, and that, that to me says a lot because there's yeah. a lot of people in this world that would never. That's unforgivable. You know what I mean? Right, right. It takes a lot to uh to be able to, you know.
0: And she forgive didn't forgive but. him for Ben, you know, because no a son. She, no, she, she did, genuinely she to. loved yeah, him yeah. enough. You screwed up. I'm choosing to forgive you. Yes. I want this to still work. Yeah. Right. It was very Man. powerful. Wow. And that does impact Ethan. He's, he's yeah. He's not going off with Kate. He has an opportunity. He could have totally gone off with Kate during all this now. He's there for Teresa. Love I, is strong.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: And how she navigates the Hassler, Ethan Burke dramedy now, you know, when they're both <laughs> yeah. in the picture is beautiful. Yeah, she does a really good job.
1: I think that for me, we just get didn't really get enough scenes with Teresa to make me like okay. as attached to her as I was a character like Ethan. But I, I do agree that she's probably the most... Morally good, like she is, is definitely the most morally good character out of everyone. I would say, yeah, yeah.
0: That's so the ending of this trilogy, we've talked about it a bit already, and our, our, you know, we want to know what's next, you know, and all that. But the question I have is kind of a couple of things. One, did you see it coming? You know, the choice that gets made at the end was that anywhere in your possible predictions of where this series was heading, and did they make the right choice? That's the other question. You know, of the three options they really had in front of them, the one they picked, was that the right call? Hmm. Gabe, what do you think?
2: Yeah, so I, I I did not see that ending coming really at all. I thought for sure that they would, like Spencer said, go south, travel mm-hmm. and try and mm-hmm. survive, find a town maybe or another pocket of civilization, who knows. But the choice to, I feel like, you know, I feel like them saying, "All right, we're gonna go back into stasis," and maybe this is just because I'm cynical. Like I don't really know, but I'm like, "What if the power goes? Like, what if? You know what I mean? Like so many right, things yeah. go wrong <laughs> in seventy thousand. Like years. you're giving up, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes, I was surprised, and you know, little. I'm like, cross my fingers, hope it works for you. You know. But yeah, <laughs> so yeah.
0: would you have made that choice, yeah. or would you have picked one of the other options? Oh
2: man. I would have I would have made that choice, but only after thoroughly vetting everything. Mm-hmm. I, w- I would need to see it all and I would need to know 100% that I'm not gonna just be stuck in there forever.
0: They're really leading pretty hard into Hassler's story of what the world is like. No yeah. one else has been out there. That's true. that's yep, that's true. Yeah, yeah yeah. Uh, Spencer, how about you?
1: Okay, so sorry, I was doing some damage control on another tab of my computer. Can you repeat the question? what are we the ending
0: did you did you see it coming and did they make the right choice
1: um no i i definitely didn't see that ending coming like i said i thought they were going to go south to more mm-hmm. like fertile areas where they could plant various types of food and stuff i don't know if they made the right choice because Blade crouch doesn't tell us so <laughs> i would yeah, love to know true. if they made the right Fair. choice but I, I have to imagine that in 70,000 years, you know if if you're if you're looking at science, if you're looking at how people explain evolution, 70,000 years would not be enough time for yeah. the abbeys to like evolve into a, a civilized species. But yeah. we're also, you know, taking that with the idea that in 1800 years, People evolved from humans to abbeys.
0: right so you know,
1: given you know seventy times that or whatever it is in the future, then yeah, sure, they probably have some sort of civilization that may not be super sci-fi or anything. Maybe it's really tribal or just really kind of rudimentary or suburban or something. And so well, they yeah. could have like spacecraft.
2: It's... You know, they're already flying. Yeah, it couldn't you know, be too possibly. advanced though,
0: or they should have found these people hiding in a mountain. I'm like, come on. Yeah, that's true.
1: Way long ago. Yeah, yeah. It, it <laughs> yeah. has to be like a recent thing where they've they've found these people. But I think if it were me, like I wasn't, my brain wasn't even thinking about, oh, they could go back into cryogenic sleep. My brain was like, oh, they got to find somewhere else to live. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not sure if I would have made the same choice. I probably would have taken everybody south and tried to like salvage whatever we could. Made a bunch of like big carts or something and try to haul pieces of fence off to make a fort i don't know
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i'm with you guys i did not see the ending choice coming i thought they were gonna okay let's let's I, I was afraid for a moment they were just gonna hunker down and say well we'll just live out our days the best we can it's like don't do that you know don't give up i was thinking they were going to relocate so yeah wow yeah okay that's the gutsy choice and, i guess we'll just see
1: how it works and, out and yep. yeah yeah And I still I still don't quite understand why were they you would think that when Pilcher was building this mountain, this huge fortress that they all share, there would be a greenhouse element to where they're able to crop and like space. You would think they would make, you know, fields like artificial fields.
0: Mm, In inside the mountain, yeah. Well, maybe, but they had planned on the fact that they'd be able to grow enough food. They, they, his calculations did not account for the shift in climate that the growing mm. season would get so much shorter mm. that it would be worse than it is for you now in an Idaho, Spencer. <laughs> 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 These short summers, the coldness, and and that that got so
1: much worse. That was the miscalculation. Mm. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, you know, because they do talk about that earlier like in the second book and stuff they're like this winter was really long Mm -hmm. there are little Mm -hmm. clues to that now that i think about it yeah yeah Mm -hmm. okay
0: all right uh last question i have for us today is are you likely to reread these books you know was there enough there that you you'd enjoy going back and reading them again (laughs) okay he's he's a definite
2: gabe Yep, I would reread them for
0: sure. Yeah. I have so much that I want to read that it's hard to intentionally go back and reread something, but I might do these. Mm. They're, See, they're not always... very long, and there's yeah. there's a lot of nuggets there that the first time through, because there's so much mystery, I'm sure I missed the hooks, the clues, that
2: it could be fun to read again. I'm, I am I yeah. always just like, when I, you know, I, I'll re and it may take a month, it may take a year, it may take three, but when I'm like reading a book or I'm going through looking at my library, and I'm like, none of this sounds good. Like none of this. I just don't feel like reading. That's when go I go back. back to stuff like there this. there you go. There you yeah. go.
1: Yeah. palette cleanser since yeah, you know, we've already nice. Read. Yeah. yeah, they're perfect palette cleansers. Yeah, I think that because initially reading them, I was like, Okay, once the mystery is out there, there's not really anything to enjoy past that like there is stuff to enjoy. But you know, once the mystery is out, it's kind of ruined. But as I finished the series, I was like, you know, same thing as you. I would love to go back into the first book, knowing what I know now, and try to see the clues and try to see all of those early pieces of Ethan's life that were such a mystery at that point in the story. And kind of mm-hmm. the, the early days in Wayward Pines, where are they're the biggest points of the book that are like, what? what is going on here? I would love to see that all kind of connected with what I know now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think just like a good, fun, light read. Like it doesn't take much to read them. Like it's not like a big Epic fantasy. You're focusing on, you know, a hundred point of views to it's to no wheel of, of time all together. <laughs> it's no, it's no wheel of time. <laughs> and I, I, <laughs> And yeah, I, I just, I enjoyed the hell out of them. Uh, I They felt really similar in the way, I, I enjoyed them in the same way that I enjoy like a Dean Koontz or something. Um, and so I, yeah. I definitely okay. think that these are something that I will visit at some time. Yeah.
0: All right, well- as I, I can get ready to wrap up, David wants to know if there's any other topic that we want to talk about here. <laughs> David. <laughs> um, Is there anything I've missed that you were really hoping we could talk
2: about from this series? Spencer's got notes.
1: I So I, I had a quote. Yeah, I, I had a quote written down that I really liked. And I only have a couple of these, but it's when... I think it's in the second book and Ethan is talking about, or he's talking with Pilcher about, you know, telling the town everything and Pilcher is talking about like, no, we have to keep them in the dark. Otherwise this doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Safety is the number one priority. That's what he's saying. And Ethan says, what about the truth? In Pilcher's environments, safety and truth are natural born enemies. I would think a former employee of the government would grasp that concept, uh, and that. it is kind of this I, dude. He's just so evil, and <laughs> I love this moment of butting heads between Ethan, where Pilcher is like, "Safety is the number one priority." Like, if if I told them everything, a lot of them would want to go outside the fence, and you know, they would all get killed. But he's on the side of like. They have the right to know which they absolutely do and yeah it's it's just a really really great standoff between these two completely opposite ideals and we see this in games like assassin's creed like that's what the whole yeah. Assassin's Creed series is about is you have the yeah. Templars who believe in 100% safety and then you have the Assassins who believe in 100% truth. And the answer isn't really 100% in either camp. It's somewhere yeah. in the middle. It's really murky. And so it's I, I always love seeing two completely opposite ideals clash like this. Yeah. And then I thought it was crazy that Ethan isn't privy to what his son is being taught in schools.
2: Yeah. I was
1: like at, at first I was like what could they possibly be learning like what are they being told in schools and you find out and I, I had kind of guessed Classic it before Big Brother, man,
0: 1984 all over yeah. again here we go
1: <laughs> yeah I was like I, I bet his son knows about the abbeys and I bet his son knows about the mountain and they're the if you think about it like they are like getting the next generation ready to fully embrace this idea. Mm-hmm. And all the mountain had to do was get through this first generation of people that they wake up from cryo sleep. If Pilcher had made it to the second generation, then he would have had, you know, everything he wanted.
0: Yeah. Yep. Um, and without and so the climate issue, wild. it could have worked out for sure.
1: Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: Whew. All right. Fun That's stuff. All I got. Yes. Thanks for joining me, guys. Thank you for having us. I'm going to run some outro stuff here, but before I do, Uh, tell them where they can find you again how do they find your content if they want more of gabe and spencer
1: yeah (laughs) so they can they can find us on youtube we have some stuff on spotify but it's kind of off and on when i upload to that because it's a big pain in the butt (laughs) but everything's all of our stuff is on youtube once a week on usually monday or tuesday we put out a full-length podcast episode And then on Saturdays, now we have a bonus episode that goes up that's usually like a 15 to 20 minute spoiler free review or topical discussion. This last week, Gabe and I did an hour long kind of ranking that I talked about earlier of our favorite series. So yeah, you can find us on YouTube, youtube.com slash at fantasy files is the URL there. Uh, We're on Twitter and this is where it gets complicated. Twitter.com slash Files Fantasy. So it's backwards. I'm sorry, but I'm sure Jim will have a (laughs) link in the description. I will. Yeah. And we have a Discord and we have a Patreon that we just launched. Uh, We're trying to help pay for things like Adobe Premiere every month. We pay for Zoom every month. Different subscription services, like for our music that we put in our videos. Stuff like that. So everything on Patreon, everybody who supports us over there, that's what that goes to as well as... Uh, You know, we're trying to get Gabe a green screen. We're trying to get our new co-host, Mick, a a microphone and green screen. So that's kind of where all that goes. But yeah, we hope that you guys check us out. If you like talking about books, if you like kind of loose, ranty stuff. (laughs) I don't know. You will even
0: find me (laughs) on some of their episodes over there. So go check it out. Yes. Green screens are fun. I have a big honking green screen behind me but it's my second one because yeah. the first one was too small. You can find a few episodes where there's yeah. like a bar on each side that oh, is yeah. green screened. Yeah, That one is waiting for me yeah. to take to Texas so my son can have it. I see Corner <laughs> Spencer's right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> for some reason, the, the aspect ratio on StreamYard is not the same as it is on Zoom, so I'm like, I can't yeah. fit. I don't know. Hey, going you're on
0: pretty there. good, though. You're yeah,
1: no, good. I just... I just poking yeah, fun. I at thought
0: you. you meant to do that on purpose. <laughs> yep. Right. All right. Well, thanks again for being here, guys. This has been fun. I love not just talking to myself. When Zach can't <laughs> be here, it's great when I can have other guests with me. Let me run the outro because this is where I show everybody again the ways they can also, you know, connect with us. Yes. So please, people, like the video, subscribe. We had another new subscriber today. So every time there's another subscriber it just makes us feel warm and fuzzy i don't know if i want to be fuzzy but anyways (laughs) thank you for subscribing and you know find us on patreon all the social medias we even have an email email us we will write you back it's easy to do because like no one uses email anymore these days so if it shows up we'll email you all right that's all we've got today thanks for being here and we'll talk to you next time
1: bye -bye.